everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips by Hunt, Lift, Eat. As always, I'm your host, Luke, sitting here with my co-host, Perry. And we've got Derek back on the podcast uh, today. What's going on, fellas? Not a whole lot, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, man, for sure. Happy to have you back, Derek. Get some good info from you, hopefully. I yeah. won't be good. It'll just be info. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, we're, we're pretty mediocre here, so we're used to that. Yeah, Derek's going to hook us up with some medical tips, so uh, why don't you go ahead and open us up, buddy? Uh, so kind of like I talked about on the last podcast, the the number one tip that I have for you is actually learn how to use what you're carrying. And uh, whether that is, um, you know, getting hands on with it beforehand um, or actually going to some core, some sort of accredited T triple C course or a wilderness um, first aid course, that would be my number one tip for you guys. But um, in respects to a, a stop the bleed kit, uh, what I would carry, um, I'd have two tourniquets with me, two cat tourniquets from uh, North American Rescue. Not that I'm sponsored by them, but I've used them. I like them. I, uh, they're very user friendly. Uh, if you want to, if you want to die, then go ahead and get one of those rats tourniquets that I see. Um, dudes rocking because they are fucking awful um <laughs> like I, I had a dude that had one on his belt and i was like hey man that's that's a that's a shit tourniquet and he was like well this is my backup tourniquet and i was like i understand that but like wouldn't you want a backup tourniquet that's not gonna fucking kill you and he was like no but this is my backup tourniquet i was like i you know what fuck it inshallah i've never seen these before Oh, they're awful. It's just, just like I just googled them. It looks yeah. like dog shit. Yeah, it has no windlass, so there's no way to really tighten it. You just wrap it around your leg, and if you do live, I, you're going to give yourself compartment syndrome. It's it's a, it's dumb, dumb as shit. Um, uh, yeah. So back to this. Back to this here. <laughs> I would carry two tourniquets. Um, I would have some combat gauze or regular gauze either way. Um, if you have some combat gauze that's expired, I wouldn't throw it out because guess what? It just turned into sterile gauze. You know, um, combat gauze is impregnated with a, um, a coagulating agent that'll help, uh, help stop the bleed. Once you get the wound packed and apply direct pressure for three minutes. Uh, and then I like to use ACE wraps instead of, um, ETDs, emergency trauma dressings, um, just because I think they're they're more. I think there's more that you can do with them. You don't have that that gauze pad at the end of it, which you don't really need because you already have packed your wound with the gauze that you do have. So I like just a regular old ACE wrap instead of uh, an emergency trauma dressing. And for a stop to bleed kit, I'd have probably two or three packs of gauze. And two or three ace wraps, and that's that's what I would carry for a bleed kit. You know, that's you can get a lot done with that, and uh, they're multi-use. You can make you can make a sling, you can make um, splints and stuff with with the ace wraps, and that's something we can talk about in, in a later episode. But uh, the big thing is just knowing how to use it, um, getting some reps with them beforehand, because when the shit has hit the fan, is not the time to learn how to put a tourniquet on correctly. Um, and uh, maybe, uh, you know what, maybe if you want Luke, we could do like a, 
an instructional video, throw it up on the site or something like that. And like, uh, how to use some of this stuff. I was just thinking that I was like, that, that would be a great thing to put out there. It's just do some like brief little tutorials on how to, how to put a tourniquet on, how to, how to pack an open wound, you know, all the, all those just simple things that if you haven't been through those trainings, I mean, I'm sure there's resources out there, but, um, someone like you that has experience doing it in the, you know, in the field, in a, in a field scenario, that would be extremely helpful. Yeah. I think like visually it's, it's, it would be worth, worth more than me trying to explain to be like trying to get a monkey to do a math problem. Just like trying to envision me talking about all these, all these little steps that you can do to, to make it easier on you. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my Tuesday tip. As usual, I'm a couple of steps ahead of you guys. Actually, on the whiteboard over here, I've got classes Derek question mark. So, oh shit! Well, yep. you yep. can go ahead and strike one through that. <clears throat> Hell yeah! So that's uh, that's that's something that I did want to talk to you about. So it sounds like you're in. So uh, yeah. eventually, we're we're very behind on our YouTube channel. It's kind of like our recipes on the website, like coming soon. Um, but eventually, I do want to want to have some of that where we focus on just backcountry, just stop the bleed shit. The only thing I have in my kit that you didn't mention, and I want to see what your thoughts are, is I just I have a, a small thing of a surgical grade super glue. Um, yeah, I just I like that when you have that because like probably the most common thing that my dumbass is going to do is I'm going to get that finger slice, a uh, pretty deep one with my knife. I do that all the time, uh, just growing up, and so uh, having that glue just to get that sealed and uh, stuck where I'm not going to get shit down into it and keep the infection out, but. Well, that was originally made to, to, to close wounds in Vietnam. So like that's, that was what it was intended for. Um, so, I mean, it's great. Once you like have got to stop now, if you just have, if you've got a bleed in your finger, that's still raging and you just blew it up, it's, it's still going to bleed. So it's not going to help. But like, once you've got that bleeding control and you want to close it up, yeah, that works great. Yeah. It doesn't weigh anything. You can get them. It's like blue. I don't remember. I think it's three M is the brand that I have just ordered on Amazon. You get a, multi-pack for pretty cheap but yeah i do like well, the, i'm gonna add the ace wrap because I, I i have luco tape now which i like but the ace wrap as well to really wrap that gauze tight is gonna, yeah. it's gonna be solid i'm gonna add that to my kit one of the uh one of the dudes that i'm good friends with his name's bren it's kind of his country whenever he cuts himself he just like soaks it in diesel fuel and he's like yeah and then it stopped hurting i was like yeah, cause you're fucking you're killing everything in there he's like yeah but it stops hurting i'm like all right dude it's sterile i guess <laughs> yeah stop doing that what do you got for us this week, Perry? Yeah, so my tip this week, pretty straightforward. It's something that I actually kind of learned last year the wrong way and I didn't do last year. And Luke, it probably is going to apply to you this year a little bit. It's pretty intuitive, not nothing groundbreaking here. But the tip is when you're going into the woods for the first time with a new piece of equipment, or even if you're going into a new section of woods, a new area or new property that you never hunted before, just make sure you give yourself extra time on the front end to, um, to, to get in there and get set up. So what happened to me last year, the first time I took my saddle out, I was on our family farm going to a tree that I knew at the back of my hand. Um, and I'd practiced with my saddle plenty of times. I'd practiced in the dark, but it's different practicing in your backyard versus practicing or, you know, versus that first morning out doing it at five 30 in the morning, trying to be quiet. Um, when, and you got everything else going on. And what I realized pretty early on last year was that I just needed to give myself an extra 30, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour, wake up an hour early, 
earlier than you would otherwise to make sure you give yourself plenty of time. Because what happened to me was a couple of different times I got to where I was rushing. Then I would forget something, forget a piece of gear, or it took me longer than I thought it was going to, to get set up or to, you know, if you're hunting a new piece of property and you're not, you know, you're not exactly sure how long it's going to take you to get, get you to where you're going. It might take you longer than you think. Then you start, you start trying to rush, you start sweating. Um, you, you know, drop something, just all the little things that can go wrong in a new setup. So the tip is we've, it's something we've hammered on. Derek was talking about it in the medical thing, practice with your gear and know it. But until you really are comfortable with using, whether it's a new saddle or comfortable access and a new piece of property, just make sure you give yourself plenty of time on the front end, wake up an hour early. And that way you're not going to be rushed and you're not going to make those silly little mistakes that could impact your hunt once the sun starts coming up. Yeah. I would even go as far to say like any time that you think like as you're building out your timeline for wake up, back that off 30 minutes to an hour. Cause I, even when I'm rifle hunting and going to a ladder stand, it seems like something goes wrong in the morning. You know, when you're getting ready, you can't find your shit or you're just moving slow or the, getting the coffee fired up. Like there's nothing shittier than you're walking to the stand and that sun, you're already in shooting light and you're like, mother fucker. Like I should have just slept in on nine at this point. So I'm just pushing out anything on the way in. So definitely back off. And that's something that I'm going to start doing. Uh, some of that goes into not drinking too much the night before, which sometimes happens when uh, we all get together for camp. We haven't seen each other in a few, few months, but yeah, that's a good tip, man. Yeah. Something I try to do too is like along, along your lines, like I'll even go out like maybe a few days before, like try and set all the same conditions, like wake up at whatever time I'm going to wake up, get out there, set it up. So I get an actual like real life rep of as close to the situation as I can get. And then you can kind of, tailor your timeline after that and say like, all right, well this worked, this didn't work. I forgot this, make sure I lay out all my shit in the morning. Like, so that way it's in one spot and I can grab it and go. Yeah. That's, that's a good, good practice to do for sure. Cause what, something I found consistently for me is like, I would time myself. All right, I'm going to go get all my saddle set up and go climb a tree in the backyard and see how long it takes me. And then I'd be like, all right, it takes me 20 minutes, whatever. And then, first morning hunt now it's like okay i know it takes me 20 minutes well shit if it didn't take me twice that for whatever reason you know maybe it's because i was walking a little ways and you get up there and you're already kind of winded or you're you know it's it's just one of those things it, it just give yourself extra time on the front end if you're sitting there for an extra 20 30 minutes early you know in the dark than you need to be that's the better problem to have than than being you know wishing you got up earlier so yeah, well, that's a good one, man. Um, I'll go ahead and roll in mine. Mine has to do with early season kind of prep, uh, especially in the southern states or if you're fucking up in Alaska. This was fresh in my mind coming back down from there. And I've obviously done – I've hunted in early season bow, Tennessee, Georgia. You don't really get it as bad in Virginia, but it's the fucking mosquitoes and then ticks as well. And we do have ticks really bad. And so what are my favorite and most effective – the two most effective things that I found for that uh, bug spray doesn't really work. You really need like the hundred percent D and then you're just going to get fucking cancer on top of the other types of cancer. We're already going to get is a, uh, so permethrin um, or permethrin, however you want to say it, it comes in an aerosol can and you want to spray your clothes down with it and then let them dry. And it's good. Each brand has different washes. It says it's good for really, I think it's probably good for maybe a wash or two. 
I usually don't wash my clothes a ton during hunting season. So before the season starts, I'll spray everything I have with permethrin um, to include my socks <clears throat> and let them dry, flip them over, spray them some more. I do it to my clothes and I do it to my wife's clothes. And so the good thing about permethrin is it actually will kill the ticks and it will repel the uh, mosquitoes. And so once it dries, it, it doesn't get to your skin or anything like that. And um, it makes a huge difference. I, I, when I do, and even more than the mosquitoes, I really notice it with the ticks. The, when I do use permethrin and when I don't, it's, there's a massive difference. Because um, when they try to cl- crawl up the clothes, the permethrin will kill them or repel them. And mosquitoes as well. And then the other thing for mosquitoes is a thermocell. I thought they were kind of gimmicky. I didn't want one. The year I first started bow hunting back in 2016, I think, it was early season in Fort Campbell, uh, Middle Tennessee, 95 degrees out or whatever. I'm trudging through this swamp that I had done this recon. I was like, this is going to be the perfect spot. Nobody's going to be out here. I had a mosquito net on, gloves, long sleeves. I, could, I, I was out there for like 30 minutes and I walked like a mile and a half out. I sat in the stand for 30 minutes and I walked out. I was like, this is miserable. So I called John, you know, our buddy, uh, John Ritter, who had been doing a lot of hunting in Fort Bragg. And, I, and he had hunted at Benning as well. And so I figured he had some some good ideas. And he was like, dude, you got to buy a thermocell. I was like, all right. So I bought that thing and was mind blown. So if you're not familiar, a lot of people are already running them. But if you're not running them, it's, uh, I don't know, it's about the size of like, a, in like an old school fucking cell phone. It's a little bit bulky. But you put a, it's got a, a butane canister that you screw in the bottom. And it's got a heating element. And you've got these little wafer pads that you slide in. that So it burns some sort of citronella bug repellent blend in everywhere, but Alaska, I found that to be extremely effective in Alaska. The mosquitoes didn't give a shit, uh, but Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, anywhere we were dealing with mosquitoes, the thermocells work extremely well. Uh, so I, I highly recommend those two because there's nothing worse than trying to do an early season hunt and just sitting there in the stand, just getting mobbed by mosquitoes. Have you, uh, have you noticed, um, like any chance of getting an increased chance of getting winded with that, uh, when you're using it? No. Um, they actually make four hunters, a dirt scent one that's supposed to smell like dirt or earth. I don't remember what they call it, but with, I was, I used it the whole time I hunted in, uh, in Georgia and in, uh, Tennessee. And I never saw them catch wind of it. I mean, honestly, I think before they hit that, they're going to hit your scent anyways if the wind's, if the wind's wrong, there's not a really strong smell to it. And I've had them under my stand with that thing burning. Yeah. Those things are effective. We have one that we've used on, on camping trips with the family. It's not the, you know, not the hunting, but it's just kind of the big canister. You sit out there, sit on the picnic table or whatever, and they really are effective. They give you a nice little radius where they kind of can take it at least down to a dull roar and they're not making your hunt absolutely miserable. It's one of those things like that first hunt out, you're always so excited to get out there the first time in the woods and it's hot as shit and you're sweating and you're getting dogged by mosquitoes the whole time. It's kind of like, damn it. Yeah, I just got, right out of it. I just got back from West Virginia from a family reunion and I got fucking tore up yep. by mosquitoes. It was awful. Like I've got like an open wound on my ankle right now from where I've just been digging. Yeah, I'd imagine you got a few, few of those little sparrow mosquitoes down there in Florida carry your ass off. So they're like the state bird, bro. Yeah. But shit. Yeah. That's uh probably wrap up Tuesday tips this week. We had some pretty good ones. Definitely, definitely focus on the medical shit. It's far more important than a lot of the other things that people tend to focus on. For some reason, medical training, medical knowledge, and 
medical gear is, is fairly underrated and underappreciated within the tactical world and the hunting world. We were talking about it before we started this pod, how people will spend thousands of dollars to go, you know, learn tactical shooting, you know, speed reloads, distance shooting, all this shit, but then they don't want to spend any money on classes that could literally save their life or the life of a loved one or even a, a bystander. You're far more likely to need medical training than you are any other training, honestly. And look for the, uh, those videos coming out sometime in 2030. <laughs> that's, that's probably a pretty fair assessment. Uh, unless somebody wants to do our fucking production shit. If any of you guys are interested in that, shoot me a DM because I need need somebody to handle a lot of our YouTube content. But yeah, uh, as always, appreciate the hell to you guys. Um, thanks.